Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 378. Today is Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. I fixed my clock thing. Uh, yesterday I was having issues and I finally just gave up. Uh, I did like a hard reset. It's a whole big thing. It doesn't matter. I'm just happy that I fixed it. Um, so yes, praise the Lord. Also guys, make sure to follow the Elijah Fire podcast on Spotify, especially if podcast form audio only is your preferred. Every live we do is uploaded by the next morning. I say by the next morning because it really depends on how soon Mariah can get to it. The deadline is by the next morning, but sometimes she's quick and she's like, boom, two hours later, it's up the night of it's up on our podcast platforms, which are Spotify, Apple podcast and everywhere else, but YouTube music. So yeah, because YouTube, you know, you know what happened? YouTube gave us the boot. So uh, we don't have it there, but we have it everywhere else. So most people are on Spotify or Apple podcast anyways. So. There you go, guys. So appreciate that. Um, I think that's it. We're going to jump in because we're talking about a juicy subject today, guys. A juicy subject with a fantastic guest. I was not going to say a juicy guest because that's really made me uncomfortable even saying that just there. Uh, But, you know, no verbal filter. Um, (laughs) I'm like all sweaty now. (laughs) Why did I say that? Um, All right. So, guys, we're going to be talking about dreams. Like, Illumination is dying back. I'm sorry, Demonte. Um, so we're going to be talking about what's blocking your God dreams. Um, my guest today, he has got a lot to say about this. He's a really gifted teacher. He's an apostle. He's also the author of the new book, The Supernatural Dimension of Dreams, Understanding How God Works While You Sleep. There's a link in the description to this. And I'm also going to, towards the end, I'm going to freestyle. I'm going to I'm going to ambush my guest with some stuff from the book. Ask him some questions. So, uh without any further ado, guys, let's give it up for our guest today, friend of the show, Demonte Edmund. Demonte, I'm sorry. Hi. <laughs> that was hilarious. Woo, man. Yeah, I don't want to be a juicy guest. No, not a juicy yeah. guest. Juicy content maybe. Juicy content. Let's do you that. Know, let's do that. Juicy yeah. revelation. I live in Atlanta. And you don't want to send the wrong message out. No, you definitely don't. Yeah, you definitely, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> why did I say that? Yeah. You guys. Yeah. No, look, you're trying to recover. It's I always a surprise. You're trying to recover. You're yeah. trying to recover from that. <laughs> Man, sometimes the stuff, yeah, that comes out of my mouth. Anyways, Demonte, welcome back, dude. Thank you. It's always good to be with you. And yeah. you're one of my favorite interviewers and oh, people thanks, to man. dialogue with. Thanks, man. Yeah, we you, people get a double dose of you because uh, you know a lot of people get a lot of crossover with you know people that watch Elijah streams as well. We're going to be talking about a different subject, obviously. Be sure to check out yesterday's episode with uh, uh, Steve. It was really great. You talked about a lot of prophecies, a lot of things that are kind of on the horizon. Um, so, yeah. guys, d- definitely check that out. Um, but we're talking about dreams today. Dreams is a hot topic. Yes, it is universal topic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So actually, I'm going to I'm going to jump in right now because I think this is a good place to jump off of before we kind of hit kind of things that might be blocking your God dreams. There's a quote that you have actually to in your introduction. I highlighted it. it says, I believe we are entering into an era of unprecedented supernatural and prophetic grace, a time that the prophets of old prophesied and longed to experience and i would love to hear you elaborate on that because i think that's going to set a nice foundation for the topic of getting god dreams and what could be blocking those god dreams so why don't you talk a little bit about that quote that i just said like some a little bit more insight into that okay so i'm gonna just jump into the supernatural with this one yeah right over my head you see the book the supernatural gift of faith well on the other side yeah yeah and in that book in the introduction i talked about how it was december the 24th 2014 i received a prophetic word that the lord was going to visit me and there's nothing i could do about it and uh it happened that very night and the lord spoke to me for over an hour i saw him in when i said in person in the spirit realm and one of the things he began to talk to me about is the dispensation that we're coming into 
is greater than the stuff that we've read about. Uh, he named specific generals of faith. He said, what I'm making available to this next generation is going to be even greater than what was available in previous generations. And then in the natural, as wickedness increased, as darkness increased, there is a promise in Isaiah 60 that, you know, darkness may cover the land and gross darkness the people, but there will be a light. There will be a rising of the spirit that will increase in response to that. And so dreams, visions, and revelations and prophetic anointings is just going to skyrocket to help us overcome the darkness. Come on. And I, I was sharing with Steve yesterday. I remember uh, that the great Bill Hammond wrote that the Lord had him prophesying for years that there will be over 10,000 prophetic voices and prophets in North America. And we far surpassed that number. Uh, yes, we have. Maybe 10,000 in one state now or two or three states together, mm-hmm. prophetic people and prophetic voices. So we've seen this uh, propagation, this wildfire of the prophetic that spread. Even churches that are conservative or traditional, they've embraced more of the prophetic. And so we're just going to see more of it. I believe the body of Christ is going to become prophetic where we're not just looking to the prophets, even though they have a specific role, but mm-hmm. the body of Christ, I think our job as prophets is to make the body, not to make it, the Lord does makes it, but to help the body of Christ come into a place to hear the voice of God, to be able to discern the voice of God, and to be able to move in the prophetic realms. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And do you feel like there's a lot of stuff that's happening right now that's like God is using that to almost push people out of the nest and into the prophetic and into the supernatural? You know, both of those, especially the supernatural, often comes with desperation. When you look at a lot of the miracles that took place. Mm -hmm. Red Sea. Yeah, the Red Sea is like, hey, either you're going to part this Red Sea and use all of your faith, are you going to die here? Yeah, the Egyptians are bearing <laughs> down on them, you know, the 11th hour. Yeah, or multiplying, you know, the widow with the oil. She was, she didn't have any other reason. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, so many, even the fishes and loaves, it wasn't a Walmart nearby. It wasn't a Target. They were out in the wilderness somewhere, and it was so many people that even if they stopped at the local inn to grab some bread, it would the local inn would have been overwhelmed with several thousand people. So I think even though some of these things you may see of uh, recessions and pandemics you know the pandemic the first year the pandemic hit it was like one of the best years of my life those were, were the best years yeah 2020 was a good year for lauren and myself and 2021 for the most part yeah many and there were about four things that i've been believing god for for about six seven years that didn't happen but they happened in 2020 and 2021 not just the desperation but it's something about when things come on the horizon, whether they're crises or whatever, you either can, you know, it's this flight or fight mentality. Mm-hmm. If you go into flight mode, you just go into anxiety, depression, but yeah. we have the word of God. We have the spirit of God. Fight with the word of God. Fight with the spirit of God for your future, for your destiny, and for the future and destiny of those connected to you. And you'll find that God will show up supernaturally and prophetic. Amen. Amen to that. So this may sound like an elementary question to some, but I know there are some people who are on here out of curiosity. Um, You know, maybe this is a new thing to them, but why, why would God speak through dreams and why would he speak through dreams today? So it's one thing to acknowledge what happened in Daniel, what happened with uh, Joshua or Joseph in, um, in Genesis. Those are, those are, one thing and you could acknowledge that but then today why would god speak to in dreams today one of my favorite verses is in uh job and it says god speaks once he speaks twice man doesn't perceive it so then he speaks in a dream so what happens often the lord's trying to get our, our attention but you know we're we're cleaning the kitchen we're taking care of kids we're strolling social media not you guys not you no 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 yeah, Never. We're, we're watching movies where we're, we're thinking about all types of stuff where people watching it, whatever we're doing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God just doesn't have our attention. Then yeah. sometimes God speaks to us and we don't perceive that it's the Lord speaking. So when we go to sleep. God says, now you're at rest. I can speak to you in a dream where I have you rested and have you kind of at attention. Now, why does he desire to speak today? The Bible says that Jesus Christ in Hebrews is saying yesterday, today. 
and forevermore. He doesn't change. Secondly, they needed wisdom in the Bible days. We need wisdom now. They needed comfort in the Bible days. We need comfort now. They needed answers in the Bible days. We need answers now. So the same challenges that they were facing, we face now. They're just dressed in a different type of uh, schema, but mm -hmm. the same life challenges that face humanity uh, are there now. Who to marry, where to live, um, what door to walk in, what door not to walk in. Is this the, is this the enemy? Isn't it the enemy? Um, what is my career? What mm -hmm. should I be doing? You know, all of those questions still present themselves to mankind. Yeah. So I think, and I'm sure you hear this a lot, DeMonte, um, and I know I personally have, is how do I know when a dream is just a dream or if it's a God dream? Like, is there a marked difference? Is it just the longevity of it staying in your kind of your mind is it I, I mean it could be a lot of different things i would imagine but i would love to hear your thoughts on that because i know that's going to be a that's a big question for a lot of people like i want to know my dreams but like how do I know if this is god dream <laughs> or if this is just me reading into something that was just like i couldn't sleep or i watched too much of a movie or a show and then i just regurgitated in my brain so i'd love to hear your thoughts so you know what this is the number one question that people yeah. ask me on dreams and i believe that if we don't start here a lot of people won't launch into the God dreams because they, they just figure, they don't know if it's God or not, like you said. So there's three sources for the dreams. The number one can be your own soul. Those are what we call the pizza dreams. Those are what we call you ate too much dreams, mm -hmm. too much, too much spicy foods because mm -hmm. foods actually can release chemicals in your body, depending on what the foods are. And then those also the dreams where you've been watching TV all night and you fall asleep and you're dreaming about, the movie that you just watched, mm -hmm. those are the soulless dreams. They can come from a number of other so sources as well. Number two is the dreams that come from the devil, the enemy, nightmares, night terrors, and many others. But number three is the God dreams. And those are the ones, how do you discern the God dreams? Well, I want to say this, that God dreams leave an impact upon you. Mm -hmm. They leave, normally we have a soulless dream. You know that you dream something, a part of you don't even care to try to figure it out. When you have a God dream, there's also this inkling of desire to know what it was that was spoken to you or communicated to you. Third, uh, Nebuchadnezzar said this to Daniel. He said, I had a dream and it troubled me to know the dream, to know the meaning of it. He was troubled. He was stirred up. He was provoked to know the meaning of it. The third thing about God dreams, they often increase your faith, hmm. your hope. Because now there are some dreams, there's a, a category of dreams where God may show you something that's catastrophic, something that is perceived as negative. And I'll speak about that in a moment. But for the most part, when the enemy gives a dream, it's gonna impress you, oppress you, it's gonna steal your faith, it's gonna make you feel anxious, it's gonna make you feel defeated, it's gonna make you feel hopeless, but God does, the opposite, because Jeremiah says this, the Lord says this in Jeremiah, I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you to give you a hope and future. So when the Lord gives a dream, he's often equipping you. I look for the heart of God in the dream. He's equipping me. He's giving me an answer. He's giving me direction. He's warning me. Uh, he's doing something that a father would do for his child. That's how I look at God dreams. Even if the dreams are symbolic, when I take those symbols and put them together, I know that it's the father that's speaking to me. Mm. I've heard people when they're kind of at a loss and maybe they're they're growing in discernment, they're growing in their ability to interpret going, all right, well, I had an image of a snake. All right. So what does the Bible say about snakes? And so they'll take the subject matter and they'll, they'll go to the word and see if maybe something jogs okay, no, it's this and not, it's more in, in line with this. Does that make sense? And yeah. also, is that a good starting point for people if they are trying to grow in discernment of actually running to the word to go, okay, well, what does the Bible say about gold? I had a dream with a bunch of gold in it. You know, um, is that a good jumping off point for people? Is there something they should take into consideration if they are going to take that approach? Talk about that. 
I think the Bible is an excellent resource yeah. to go to for dreams. And I want to say this, you have to be very cautious with the internet and with books. Yeah. You know, I used to be really big into the book of Revelations and the end time study and all of that stuff. And my grandmother brought me this book one Christmas when I was like 13 years old, 14. And I just couldn't read the book. And one day I picked it up. Months later, I tried to read it and I looked at the back. I said, this, this is like a cult leader lady. This is a real, <laughs> like, I don't want to say her name, but she was like a psychic cult leader. But it looked like it was a real deal Christian book, spiritual book, but it wasn't. Mm. And I knew then that it was off. I threw it away. Um, so you have to be careful about where you go to get your information. Well, and there's also but, people that can have mixture too mixture oh it's a lot of that. even if they're like oh no i'm christian but even their their sources are actually occult in nature or new age you know yeah so the word is great but even with the word we need the holy spirit to help us absolutely navigate the word because let, let's jump into the two examples that you gave person dreams about a snake now for most of us a snake is going to be something negative something demonic Especially, I know if my wife sees a snake, she's out of there. Um, and our first connotation or thoughts of a snake from a biblical perspective is the serpent, the Nahash, that's found in Genesis that deceives mankind. So you see a snake, you're thinking deception, you're thinking, uh, uh, you know, somebody's out to dupe me. But also, Moses raised up a brazen serpent on a this pole and told the people to look at it, and it brought healing. So it could also mean healing. Yeah. When you look at it as, well, you know, I won't get into the Greek stuff, but when they take the Hippocratic Oath, you know that symbol the doctors have is a, a snake on a staff with wings could deal with healing. That represents mm -hmm. healing. Um, and the reason I think, well, I won't get too much of that. Yeah. The other thing is, it depends on how you grew up in the context of your life as well. For me, a snake is going to be pretty much negative. But what if you lived in Mexico <laughs> and, you know, they have, they had a, 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 a monuments in towns years ago, Tiwahakan, where it was built around these snake pits. So maybe the Lord is saying something about praying into your ancestry. I don't know. Uh -huh. but it, it depend, the Lord can speak out of the context of your life as well. Yeah. Your experience, your life experience. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, we were talking beforehand about James Gall and he has a book called Dream Language and um, he's a big, um, this is one of the main things he communicates about dreams is that you're going to have a unique language with the Lord too. Cause like for one person, a snake could be like evil, but someone else may love snakes or maybe they work with snakes yes, yes you know and they actually really do like studying about snakes and so for them the image of a snake actually isn't a bad thing and so it to make an assumption one or the other just based off of your initial oh i love snakes so therefore any snake that shows up in my dream is good it might not always be and that's where discernment is really important because yes. it could actually be a good thing Yes. And let, let, let me tell a story now. This wasn't a dream. Years ago, I was praying with a young lady and the Lord spoke to me and said, tell her she has an Adam's apple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're like, oh man, do I have yeah. to? <laughs> and I was, and I, I was wrestling with this thing and I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm going to come out with the Paul Cain anointing and just point out, you have an Adam's apple. You've been trying to deceive people. And I <laughs> sat there and waited. And I said, Lord, what does this mean? And the Lord told me, she's been praying for discernment. And you know, in the Garden of Eden, with the snake told uh, Eve, if you eat from this tree, yeah. now we know that it probably wasn't an apple, maybe a fig or something else. But in our modern day terms, we often say that they ate an apple from the tree. Yeah. He, he said, if you eat from the tree, you'll be able to discern between right and wrong, good and evil. So from a metaphorical standpoint, the Lord was saying, She's been praying for discernment mm. and Adam's apple represents discernment. And I told her this, she just started crying and she said, I'm, that's the number one prayer Come on. that has been in her heart. Yeah. But if I had just spoke that out <laughs> about yeah. discerning, you know, cause there's three parts to revelation. There's the revelation itself that you receive. And then there is the interpretation. You have to interpret what the Lord is saying, discern what the Lord is saying. And then third part is the delivery. 
or the or the application or implementation of it. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Oh boy. Yes. I actually have a story about that. I wasn't there for this, but I, I was f- acquainted with this guy and some of my friends, our mutual friends were there for this and they were praying for one of their friends, moms who was in the hospital and he got a word of knowledge that his mom, that this young girl's mom was going to pass away in, in the hospital with no tact whatsoever. He just blurts out your mom's going to die and devastated her. <laughs> so that is a good example of not stewarding a revelation. Well, would you agree? Yeah absolutely yes yes it was for him to pray for her yeah she would be prepared for that moment of grief yeah. yeah yeah so um demonte um so i really want to touch on this really quick um would you say the applications in terms of in terms of interpretation are similar or the same when it comes to dreams and visions yes i would they're very similar you know yeah. dreams and visions really one of the major differences is that when you're asleep and when you're awake yeah yeah i do feel that when you have a vision oftentimes it's a little bit more weighty mm. maybe even a little bit more uh, uh in depth or important let me use that more priority to it um but other than that as far as the interpretation the application i think they're very similar principles mm. um so yeah, okay. And I, I had a note in here about good versus bad dreams and that they're not or um oh no hold on, let me see if I can under, yeah, okay. No, it was good versus bad dreams. And and we kind of did end up talking about that actually, about you know, a snake, you know, someone to one person it could be good, but to another person it actually would be bad. Um, but that's where um discernment is key. Um Jillian has a good question. It says, what would DeMonte say to those who say it's impossible to have dreams from the enemy? There's a well-known brother who says that. And I'm like, hmm, but what about those demonic dreams I've had? So I would say this from an experiential standpoint, I've had them. Yeah, same. Many Christians I know have had them, including many Christian leaders that are seasoned, serious Christians. Also, if you study history, you, you will read some of the saints of old that talked about the enemy tried to harass them or oppress them in their dreams. If you read the book of Job, you'll see several places with Job, at least two places where he talks about how he was having these bad dreams and these nightmares. And then also from a biblical standpoint, you know, some may feel well, the enemy can't give me a bad dream, but the enemy actually took Jesus to a pinnacle. And showed him the kingdoms of the world and offered them to him. So if the enemy could actually take Jesus and take him to a pinnacle to see the kingdoms of the world, you don't think it gives you how much more us? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then he would and then God Father loved Jesus, Father protected Jesus, Father is with Jesus, God loves us, God protects us. Yes, we're covered by the blood, but there is there is spiritual warfare Mm -hmm. that is taking place. Yeah. Yeah, I've had, I've definitely had that. I think because I've heard Jillian, I've heard people say very similar things. And I've always been kind of perplexed by that because my wife and I both are dreamers. I think she's more so than me, but um, I definitely get more visions than dreams. But um, the thing that we've noticed is we could pray. We could, I mean, like no sin, like no entertaining demonic things. And we've actually had dreams that were demonic and we've woken up and felt a demonic presence in the room. And, yeah. and, and so I've heard people say, Oh, if that happens to you, then you're in sin. I'm like, dude, I please point it out to me because I don't see it. Like my heart is pure <laughs> before the Lord. Can you speak to that too? Like, is it just kind of what you're talking about, about sometimes the enemy will just try and bring you down or try and. It's a, it's a few things. So, the Bible says that the enemy goes about as a roaring lion, mm. seeking whom he may devour. Yeah. So he can uh, try to appear in your dreams or manifest a dream, mm-hmm. but he's looking for an open door. He's looking to sow seeds. So fear comes into your heart. So now he has this open door that he can come in and do his thing. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
Uh, so he's looking for these open doors. The mm -hmm. other part of it is I felt that sometimes demonic dreams increase with people when they begin to intensify their prayer life and That's their good. fasting and they're pressing in. Because now what's happening, you're, you're in the spirit room, you're taking territory through intercession and prayer that you can't see. That territory could be in your bloodline. Mm -hmm. It could be in your neighborhood. It could be for the future. It could be for the community, for the body of Christ. It could be for a nation depending on your prayer life and assignment and the enemies, he, he's rarely going to just let you walk in like Cyrus did in Babylon and just walk in the gates and take over. There will often be some type of resistance. So you may find the enemy popping up in your dreams, trying to uh, uh, distract you, oppress you, mm. sow seeds. The Bible says this, that the, the sower went out to sow in the field and while men slept, the enemy came in to sow tares. Hmm. And that is a real proverb of sorts or an allegory for while we're sleeping, the enemy will try to sow tares through bad dreams. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, because that's kind of like Lauren and I both have, have lived that where we'll go through periods where things are quiet, things are, you know, we have a God dream and uh, maybe we're... Um, I guess, perplexed by it. And so we seek the Lord and kind of he unpacks it for us. But then we do have those times where you're like, whoa, I woke up in the middle of the night and it was just like spirit of intimidation. Like there was a demonic, yeah. like a felt demonic Present. presence. And it was just like, dude, get out. You know, like, and I've actually had like, I've had some really, I actually had a really interesting thing happen. Um, and it actually made me laugh because the Lord gave me a very clear, uh, I guess awareness of what was happening, but I actually woke up in the middle of the night and I saw this, um, I saw this little like demon, like three feet tall with this basket of tar on his back, walk through my door down the hall. Like I could see it in the spirit. And then he walked to the foot of my bed and he started to stop. Like he was going to dump it on my wife and myself. And I just like, he, he got to the foot of my bed and I go out in the name of Jesus. And he literally like no hesitation, like flipped 100, uh, 180 degrees and just walked out. And I was like, yeah, you better run, you know, like <laughs> lot of Jesus. But it actually it was what God was showing me is sometimes like you can wake up and you just feel like, man, I icky. just feel off. I feel icky all of a sudden. And that's what he showed me. I was like, it was literally a demon with, with a basket of tar on his back. And he was going to just dump it on me. That was his job. And, and I was like, whoa, like he actually gave me a lot of insight into that. And he actually, I got to see the whole thing play out. And then it was hilarious to watch him have to submit to <laughs> well, Jesus. It was hilarious because you used the name of Jesus fast enough. Yeah. So he, that, if that tar had gotten on you, I don't think it would have been hilarious. Yeah. I think it would have felt, um, but, you know, icky, but. But, you know, yeah. some people suddenly get sick. Yeah. Maybe. In the night, something happened in the spirit room, like the tar got put on. Or you see couples, they're perfectly fine, and then all of a sudden they're arguing, they're at each other's throats. It could have been that demonic tar or demonic infestation. The enemy's always looking to do this tricky stuff, and we have to discern when it's him. And that story, uh, I remember one time my wife fell asleep on a couch, mm -hmm. and she said she heard a sound like chains coming down the stairs. And she opened her eyes, it was like this little doggy thing spirit it looked half like a dog half like a furry something and it had chains around it she just rebuked it and commanded to go and um as well one time a pastor's wife and the pastor's daughter called me they said please pray our church is having issues there's been a lot of confusion all these things taking place i began to pray because they wanted to know the root of it and i had an open vision of a short man with a big beard that was muscular. He had a long beard, he was muscular. But right after I had the vision, this little black, maybe two and a half foot tall spirit with no face, just like a black shadow, but with a almost like a robe on and a hat. He come floating in and the Lord said to me, he, he can't touch you. Hmm. You know what, that was a monitoring spirit. It wanted to see who had access sing into interesting whatever the enemy was bringing so yeah. I, when I talked to those leaders again I, I said this this short man 
beard, muscular, and they, they, you know, they act like they didn't know. But the daughter called me back and said, that's my uncle. And the reason that my mother acted like she didn't know because she was caught off guard. Wow. <laughs> and wow. he's been causing a lot of trouble. When he left that church, all the strife left with it. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, it's just, I, I think my prayer is always just like, as I grow in discernment, I'm like, just give me greater awareness of what's happening in the second heaven. And often that can come through dreams that can come through visions, especially for me, but dreams too. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I want to, I want to say this too, cause I, yeah. I just feel this for the audience guys, don't be afraid to ask for dreams because we're sharing this stuff. Cause I get, I get probably 20 times more of the good stuff than the bad dark stuff. Mm -hmm. And even when I get the dark stuff, I'm I'm blessed because it shows me yeah. that I'm not alone mm -hmm. and that God is there protecting me, whether by giving me awareness, giving me exposure, is actually God's protection at work. So you get to a point where, like Jeff said, he laughed and thought it was funny because he saw that the blood of Jesus was covering him and that the Holy Spirit was working with him and the enemy really couldn't do anything. So when you well, can rest yeah. in God, you don't worry about this stuff. You just well, rest in yeah. God and you live right. And I think too, like a lot of times, especially in this case with a, like, I, I would say it was just like a, I don't even know what kind of class of demon, not an, not an important one in terms of the hierarchy of a demonic structure, but all the, they carry an air of fear and darkness around them. And all of that was stripped away and I got to see it for what it actually looked like. And that's actually happened to me a couple of times where I'm like, well, hold like on. <laughs> that is what has been trying, you know, it's like the Wizard of Oz thing where he's like, Woo, and then they open the curtain. <laughs> it's this dude and he's like, oh, like, you know, uh, and that's really what uh, it, it is with dem demons. Obviously, if you get into like the whole principality thing, that can be a different, you know, thing. But yeah. Um, so you let's jump into that. Yeah, sure. We don't have to. I mean, no, no, let's yeah. do it. Let's jump think, in. Yeah, all of them. Jump in. And I, I've shared this one time. I was just sleepless, restless. I won't go into the entire story, but I just, for about 10 days, nine to 10 days, I just couldn't get any sleep at night. And I said, Lord, deliver me, help me, Lord. And the Lord said, he opened my eyes and I saw this little thing running on the ceiling. It was like a little monkeyish creature, hmm. small. And I knew that it was, a, the Lord said, spirit of anxiety. Whoa. I had anxiety about some financial stuff, a few yeah. other things uh -huh. with work. And somehow I allowed the anxiety to get to the point that it was an open door for the enemy. And as soon as I rebuked that thing, I slept like a baby. Wow. But I, the, the thing moving around was bringing a restlessness to me because the room just felt restless. But now that I've had it with a principality or principalities, I was in the city of Chennai, used to be Madras in India. Mm -hmm. Wonderful ministry was taking place. Hindus got saved, Muslims got saved. And the last night before it's time for me to leave, I wake up and the atmosphere is just like full of this evil and intimidation. It was almost like thick. You know how the presence of God, so people said, presence of God was so thick I could cut it with a knife. It was like that was thick. And I saw an open vision on the bed. I saw like this platform in the air with about, it was nine principalities. Whoa. And one of them came from the middle. He was bluish brown. He was like eight foot tall, nine feet tall. He was, he was tall. And this may sound weird. I'm going to just, he was kind of handsome, but he was like in an evil, wicked way. Okay. He doesn't want to put yeah. like in a okay. wicked, evil type of evil. So like princess. Loki from, uh, from Avengers. Yeah. Like, a, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But more build and more, you know, like, you know, just, he wasn't like a gruesome face, but he was, had a wicked, evil. Interesting. Yeah. I want to kill you type of look. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and I, I never had this before. I've heard of people having it. He used explicit language with me. Interesting. He calls me all types of names and tell me I better bleep bleep leave the country or they're gonna do this and that to me. And and I mean this thing, I didn't go back to sleep. This thing was like right in my face. And the atmosphere was so evil. So this is why you're um, in Chennai. Chennai, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember hearing Rick Jonah. He said the first time he had a principality visit him in the night in one of these encounters, he said, No, I've had demonic spirit. This was different. He said, I was never afraid of those demonic spirits, but this actually cause some level of fear with him. Mm. Uh, so those things do happen, but we're still able to overcome by the blood of the lamb and word of Come our on. testimony. And when Come they on. show their face like that, 
That means they're afraid that you're doing something. Ah, uh, yeah, they're afraid yeah. you've you've messed up part of their plans. Yeah, you you've done something to get there. Yeah, you're yeah. on the radar. Yeah, because yeah. why else would why else would demonic forces actually try and scare you? You know, yeah. yeah, especially if you're you're on the the verge of overcoming something, or maybe you just did, or um, you know, you're going deeper with the Lord into greater revelation, um, and you're encroaching on their territory. You know, yeah, like yeah, you're not an yeah. issue if you're being left alone. You're you know, I mean, obviously, please take this with a grain of salt, guys. This is not a not a, a ten out of ten time thing, but if you're being left alone, like by by the demonic like you're not you're not an, an issue and obviously if you've got victory in an area and you're not dealing with it that's a, a whole other thing but yeah yeah so. there's, a, there's a few variables with of course yeah, yeah so please don't take what i just said probably yeah. shouldn't have actually even said it but you know whatever yeah. um yeah so uh no that's really interesting uh demonte you actually mentioned something interesting i actually wanted to go back to it because you were talking about the that little monkeyish creature and, and it was anxiety. And you said, I, that you can have anxiety to the point where it creates an open door to the demonic. Uh, talk about that. Cause I know there's some people that have written me that are currently dealing with anxiety. And that's something that's really like, that's kind of their mountain they're scaling right now. I'll talk about that a little bit more. So I'll tell you what will attract the Holy spirit and angels faith and worship mm. that will activate the holy spirit but also worship attracts angelic forces yeah um what will attract the enemy is fear yeah it's like shark it's like a shark you put blood in the water blood in the water shark smells it five miles 20 miles away yeah you put fear in the atmosphere you're giving out fear long enough it's a beacon in the realm of the spirit. So you know people that practice witchcraft, one of the things they try to do with the areas they control, they keep people in fear, afraid of them. They keep mm -hmm. them in fear mm -hmm. and bondage of, uh, of witchcraft and sorcery because they need that fear to operate on a frequency that demonic spirits operate on. Yeah. That's why the Bible says, it doesn't talk about any type of spirit specifically this way that I can think of. But God has not given you the spirit of Fear, but of love, sound mind, judgment, you know, it says all those things. And if you look at even the places that Paul and the apostles went to, where there was idolatry, anytime they addressed those idols, even in the Old Testament, mm -hmm. there was a fear that those idols were going to punish them for breaking yeah. covenant with them. Yeah. Like, like when, when the statue of Baal was knocked down by Gideon, there was a fear with the people. Of retaliation. Mm -hmm. So these atmospheres, oh, I like that. I won't use that. Atmospheres. Mm -hmm. Atmospheres of fear, the enemy loves to create that to have an open door. Yeah. And anxiety is fear based. It is a fear that things in the future are not going to work out. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's just fear based. Yeah. They, that's the title of your next book, Atmospheres. Yeah. F E A R S. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's actually talk about um, you because you mentioned fear um, and uh, how praise and worship actually create in um, I, I guess bring down the atmosphere of heaven or or uh, in, invites the angelic invites the presence of God, um, but fear can obviously be the reverse of that and and bring in like blood in the water. You were saying with sharks, yes, uh, yes. Come on. So let's talk about what could be blocking people from having God dreams? So say someone is like, man, I keep having just like dreams of, okay, I know someone, this is a perfect one. I know someone, she's not a believer, who has repeat dreams of someone breaking into her home, killing her family or kidnapping her family um, uh, or just breaking into her home, okay? So I would say that there's, major issues of fear and control in her life right yeah. yeah yeah okay so i'll tell you this that one summer for about three months three to four times a week i had dreams of someone trying to break into my house okay 
I would get up and check the windows, check the doors. Even when I knew of the enemy, I would still just check sometimes. But I think this was a season where I had crossed over spiritually into a new realm. And then like the enemy couldn't really touch me. And he was trying his hardest to find an open door. And the Lord was showing me. It's like he told Peter, the enemy's desire to sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. The enemy wants to get in. He wants to access you, but it's not going to happen. I pray for you. My prayers are blocking the enemy. Mm -hmm. Then remember with Cain, what did the Lord tell him? Look, sin is knocking at the door. So, but for her... I do think because it's, you know, her family getting killed and kidnapping. I actually think it is not only fear, but you have to be careful because the enemy maybe sowed this seed somewhere. And if she entertains it long enough, mm-hmm. it could actually manifest. Yeah. There is a young lady wow. that we know. She's a believer. But she's from the streets. Her family's from the streets. They're pretty tough people. She's pretty tough, tougher than a lot of guys. But she always talks about. She doesn't want to be human trafficked. She talks about being abducted. She doesn't want that to happen. That's something that wow. she's just afraid of. You know what happened last year? I wake up five o'clock in the morning and she comes to my mind and I, I'm thinking I haven't talked to her, but I've talked to her husband. Maybe I need to check on her. And then I go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. My wife jumps out of the bed about 20 minutes later, runs downstairs. I know she's going to pray. I don't know for what. That night, we were in the car. My wife said, you know what? You need, we need to call a young lady. I had a dream that she was at this place. When she walked out, it was these three guys, guys standing and, uh, by their car. The trunk was open. They grabbed her, hit her with a needle, and put her in the trunk and took her. So I call her and said, where are you at? She tells me, I'm at this lounge, this and that. I said, well, my wife had a dream you were at a lounge. And you, I call her husband. Her husband and brother say, you know what? All day we have been having a bad feeling. We told her not to go. Wow. She even said she knew she knew she wasn't supposed to go, but she felt obligated to her coworker. And they jumped in the car to go get her. And when they pull up, it's it, the parking lot, just like my wife described it. There's a white car, trunk open, three guys standing by it Dude. for no reason. And so, but I believe the fear of that happening, and she entertained that for several years and was said for several years kind of brought this alignment of circumstances where the enemy could bring it into being. Because the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue Mm -hmm. and you'll eat from the fruit of it. So even if you're having this dream, rebuke it, bind it up in Jesus name, use your authority. Don't speak it out that you're having this dream and it's going to happen to you and you're afraid of it happening because those words have power that either, either God can use them or the enemy can use them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And guys, my my hope and my prayer through this is really to stoke a fire in you, to give you tools, a great starting point, especially if you have been feeling like there's something blocking the flow of your dreams. Maybe you're used to dreaming and right now you're not. Um, maybe you're going through a tough time and, and you're not dreaming and there's things in in, in the physical realm that, you know, might be hindering. So Devontae, let's jump into more like what could be blocking God dreams. Number one, and this is a good segue, and I, I wrote a few things down as we as I was preparing. Mm-hmm. Number one, there are people, even believers, that feel that when they have a dream, it's something bad. It's something mm-hmm. negative. It's doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. So a part of their soul as a defensive mechanism turns off a switch that even if they dream, they don't remember it or it doesn't really get down into their subconscious. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think I've shared this before. I went to a coworker. I said, God gave me a dream about you last night. He sat back. He said, oh, I'm doomed. I'm doomed. <laughs> I know it. Calm down, dude. <laughs> and I laughed. I said, no, it's a good dream. It's about a, a potential promotion with your job. So that's the first thing. Know that God wants to speak to you, that God is a good father. He's a good mm-hmm. God. And he desires to convey good things to you. (laughs) That's a mindset we have to break. Number two, and feel free to cut me off, jump in. Elijah Fire is your your baby. Um, Number two, a lot of Christians say this. A lot of ministers said it. 
prophetic people said this, they will say, well, I'm not a dreamer. Hmm. I'm not a dreamer. I'm not really a dreamer. The power of your word. Wow. Now, the Bible says, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive it and you should have it. And if you're saying I'm not a dreamer and you believe that, God cannot validate his own word. So don't short circuit the working of the Holy Spirit through words. Now, if, you, if, you, if you're okay and you don't want to, if you want to stay not being a dreamer, you can say that. But if you want to be a dreamer and you want God to speak to you, change that. Even if you're not getting dreams and say, I bless the Lord for all the dreams he's given me at night and do it by faith. And you'll find that they'll start to increase. Well, and also like asking God, help me to recall my dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Because people are having dreams, but the recalling them is another thing. You are very prophetic because you jumped into number three that I was oh, going to say. Oh, yes. wow. Right on point. Yeah. See, we've been working together a while. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> number three the Lord gave me was disappointments over misinterpretations. Let, let, uh, let me explain that. When people have had dreams and they don't recall them or they're unable to interpret them, now, when they get the next dreams, they don't even put any effort into it because they feel, well, I've gotten dreams before. I didn't get the interpretation. I couldn't recall it. So they just kind of give up on the dreams. They're having the dreams, but they're doing nothing with them because they tried to interpret a dream or two and they didn't get the interpretation. Or they've had dreams, they couldn't recall it, so they just quit on trying to do it at all. Yeah. The next one is unresolved soul trauma. Hmm. what can happen is even with the voice of God, God's trying to speak to a person, whether through a preacher, whether through the Holy Spirit, but sometimes the trauma is so traumatic, so centerpiece in their heart, in their soul, in their mind, that the trauma becomes almost like an idol, not that you're worshiping it, but it has such a stronghold. Idols have strongholds that even what the Lord's trying to communicate to you goes through this filter of trauma that is hard for you to receive what he's saying, even in a dream. So when deliverance comes, there's a de-traumatization that takes place. And now many people, once they're de-traumatized through the delivering power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. That's why a lot of deliverances happens in layers hmm. that now people hear clearer, they can flow clearer in their gifts. And their dreams become more pronounced and more in-depth and more clear from God. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. So good. Yes. Another one is the spirit of disappointment. This one seems as obvious. This is one that I walked through. I remember the Lord, I was in praying with a pastor and the Lord himself delivered me from disappointment. He said, I'm breaking something off of you. And and I began to purge a little bit. And I said, well, Lord, what is that? He said, that was disappointment. There were all of these small disappointments back to back that added up in my soul as a weight. And as mm -hmm. soon as that thing broke, I had so much joy. Wow. I felt so free. Yeah. My tongues were, were, were more, in, my tongues were stronger. My prophetic was sharper, like immediately. Hmm. And this spirit of disappointment, see, when you're disappointed, even in the natural, you don't dream as much you know how you use the dream for i want to own this sports team i want to do this great things but once you get disappointment sets in it's hard to believe for god's best right and one of the reasons and i didn't see this until a week ago Jeff, week 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 and a half ago in acts and joel it says that i'll pour my spirit out upon all flesh mm -hmm. your young men your daughter should prophesy your old men should dream dreams somebody asked me why does it say that only old men will dream dreams. And I've heard that question before in different answers, but the Lord yeah. gave me an answer. The Lord is not relegating dreams to just old men or old people, but older people are often the most likely to feel that they're no longer of use, that they've outlived their purpose. Oh, that yeah. They've already peaked out. Mm -hmm. So the Lord is saying that if I can give it to the old men, I can give it to everyone that I can give a new dream and hope. I can give a new assignment. I can give a new 
stirring by the spirit to old men, then I can give it to anyone. Because hmm. they're the ones sometimes that let the young people take it. That's for the young people. But you know, there are some great generals of faith that didn't get started until 50 years old, 55 mm -hmm. years old. Mm -hmm. And God used them powerfully. Yeah. So this, I was talking about disappointment. A lot of people, especially in older years, their life didn't turn out the way they thought it would. There's disappointment. So the mm -hmm. Lord says, I will give you dreams to give you a new hope and future. I'm re reminded of a statistic. Um, there was a study done about productivity, and they actually found that I think it's like, I want to say it's like 65, somewhere around there is when you actually become the most efficient in terms of productivity, which is interesting because that's when a lot of people are like, I'm retired. I'm done. And it's like they're actually finding that that age and above is actually like the sweet spot for maximum productivity. Like that's when like the people that still stick with it are actually um, they start accomplishing a lot. I'm like thinking about even like Bishop Bill Hammond. The dude is like he's still going. Hallelujah. Yeah. He's yeah. still going. He's man. still going. Yeah. So. He, he, he's he's still because in 1951, the apostolic prophetic movement, getting in, and he's, I mean, he, he's, he's going strong. Look, yeah. even when you look at those guys, you know, the Bill Gates, you know, he's, he's no spring chicken. And I don't agree with everything he does. Right. Those guys are still doing projects and spewing out stuff. I think at that age, yeah. you don't waste a lot of time and energy. Right. Cause you don't well, look at what Steve even Steve is in his late sixties. And he's like, I, like I, in the past couple of years that I've observed, I mean, he's on this maximum crescendo where like, I mean, he's just, I mean, he's going for it, you know? So yeah, let there be an encouragement to people out there. Yeah. I mean, he, he maybe he needs some rest. I, I told him, I think his hair is going to grow back. You know, so <laughs> He's doing so much and, and, you know, and it's amazing his testimony. I didn't know his testimony that he started with 30 people that were friends that he wanted to get the prophetic to and, yeah. that grew, mm -hmm. and then look at the millions of lives that he's been a blessing to. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the nineties. Yeah. Here we are today, you know? So yeah, absolutely. Can you remind me of like the first one was again of those? Cause you listed five, you might have more, but what was the first one again? The first one was thinking that all dreams are bad. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. And then the last one I have is sometimes people have witchcraft. Witchcraft will block your God channels. Mm. or try the witchcraft can be the person dabbled themselves in the ouija board they dabbled in horoscopes they went to a psychic they went to a medium they were at a carnival let somebody read their palm and did a tarot card or it could be in their bloodline they never touched it they never dealt with it but hey your your great grandfather or grandfather was a voodoo priest mm. you, you 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 may have to deal with some witchcraft to kind of clear the airways of what you're receiving in the spirit realm. Because I've seen some very prophetic people. When I looked at them, I said, it's a mixture there. They're not delivered from the spirit of witchcraft. I don't think they actually dealt with it themselves, but I could see it on them. And there's one person actually, oh, they were telling me how they levitated. And they're a pastor, a prophet. Oh, I was just talking. It's probably a different person, but I was talking about this with my wife and I was like, I, so talk about it. I'm curious. They were telling me about this attack from the enemy, but when I read it, and it wasn't just, it's an attack from the enemy, but I saw a claim on the person's life mm. to be into the all called kingdom because of blood sacrifices done by multiple people in their bloodline going back. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. This person's on the East Coast. Yeah, this person's on the West Coast. I'm I was talking about. But okay. yeah, really interesting. Um yeah. I have a question, DeMonte. Kind of going back to what I was talking about, saying I, I know someone who those she's plagued by those dreams. How do you go about this person's not a believer? And um how how do you how do you approach this with them? I'm saying, is it just making a bold thing of like, Hey, I know how you can get free from these nightmares. 
How do you um, approach when somebody's getting plagued at night? By yeah, management? and they're not a believer. How do you? How do you just? Is it just about hey? I'm you know like if they're not a believer, whoo, that's going to be because they get a lot of but, open doors, and if they're not receptive to the gospel, um, you know, it's like how I, I'm because so, I would like to provide relief for them, you know. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little controversial here. Okay. There are exorcists in different religions. Would you yeah. would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. One thing that those exorcists use, even if they're not Christians, is faith. Hmm. I believe that some of the Lord demons respond to faith, even if it's not a Christian. Okay. But if it's a real stronghold demon, strong man, principality, little bit, you you're gonna have to come into the kingdom of God. It's almost like. And, yeah. and in the streets of New York, you're out trying to extort a business or something. Sooner or later, somebody's going to hear about it and you had to join one of the five families for protection. Mm. I, mean, I mean, you're not going to be out doing this stuff. Like you're going you're gonna to come into the family of God for protection from. And one of my spiritual daughters just yesterday, she told me how her family were Buddhist. And they removed the, I forgot what this thing called. It's like the, not only the idol, but like the shrine, the gondola, the gondola, the gondola. Mm -hmm. I forgot what they call it. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is. The, yeah. the Buddha man and the yeah. little thing went around. Pagoda? The Goda. Pagoda. Pagoda. Yeah. Pagoda. They removed it. And one of the Buddhist priest people told them, your family's going to be on a curse because you removed this thing and the spirit's not, you know, is wow. upset with you. All hell began to break out with their family, with different people. Some and the dad was telling people at work all the crazy stuff that was happening. Mm -hmm. Co-workers say, Look, I go to church, I believe in Jesus. If you come, get saved, accept the gospel, get you and your kids baptized, this will stop. You know what? Age 12, her dad took her to church, they got baptized, they got saved, received Jesus, stopped immediately. Wow. Dude. So that's my thoughts on it. <laughs> mm. They can they can use their faith. It may give them a temporary relief, but if they want real deliverance, you're welcome into the kingdom of our guard, God, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah, no, that's really good. Yeah, because that's kind of like where I've kind of landed with this individual is like, I want to provide them solutions, but there's also this kind of air of like, I they their philosophy is very much like i you can't rely on anybody i worked for what i have i fought for it it's mine and so to me i could see from the outside it's no surprise that she's now being plagued by nightmares and actually not being able to sleep at night because someone is coming in and taking what she worked so hard for you know fear fear absolutely so you know a lot of people especially people that grew up in deep poverty, when they become wealthy and rich, the fear of going back into poverty will cause them to become hoarders, hmm. um, cause them to be miserable, the yeah. fear of it. I remember uh, my keyboard player years ago, his name was Cliff. His dad worked for a cable company and he went to this guy's house to install the TV uh, cable and uh, for, for you know cable network stuff. This old man was on the couch, uh, uh, just groaning, holding his stomach. He had stomach ulcers. He had like $200,000 in cash on the table. And he said the money had caused so much issues for him, he wished he was never rich. Wow. He was like this rich business guy. He told him the businesses he started. And I said to him, to Cliff's dad, well, why didn't you just take the money and say, look, I can relieve you of this problem. but." There was so much fear about people manipulating him, using him, trying to take advantage of him that it gave him stomach ulcers. Hmm. Yeah. That's wild. So he needed Jesus in a major way. Man, no kidding. Um, Demonte, how are you on time? Because I was going to ask you a couple of shotgun questions. I have a few minutes here. Let's run. Okay. Let's okay. So some of these are actually, actually all of these are listed in the back of the book. 
Okay, okay, guys. So this is this is my plug for the book because it's fantastic. 20 questions and answers about supernatural dreams. All right. So Demonte, should I share a dream with a person who appears in it, appears in it or is involved in the dream? Okay. So I don't remember what I wrote in the book. It's okay. It could be different. And it's a, I'm going to give you two. If you feel it's a life or death or grave situation for the person and you can help prevent it, share it by all means. Hmm. The other part of it is, if you feel it's something that God's warning you about the person, don't share it. Watch and pray and begin to slowly unravel or disconnect from that person, however the Lord leads you to do that. There have been many people, somebody showed up in their dreams, and they knew that person was trying to bewitch them, that person was trying to manipulate them, and it wasn't for them to tell the person that they saw them. It was for them to disconnect. Mm. So it's circumstantial. I actually had that too, where I had a dream and I was talking to a married couple who are good friends of mine. And I went up to them in the dream and I had this like burden of like, like it was a time sensitive thing. I said, be mindful of who you confide in during this time. And I didn't know what they were going through. I just knew they were going through something really challenging. Um, And and so I woke up and I could, it was just gnawing. Like I couldn't, I was like, I need to tell them this. Like, and I'm, I'm not, t- I typically will default to, okay, that was symbolic or Lord, like just, and that's what it is for me a lot of times with my dreams. But in this case, I was like, no, I need to tell them this. And so I told them and they were like, thank you for telling us. There's a couple of individuals around us and this is what we're going through right now. And uh, they were starting to give us mixed kind of, things and we were we there was some, things felt off and we yeah. just needed confirmation and so that was a perfect example so that's a perfect that's like the perfect example. yeah 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 absolutely okay so uh oh, okay how do i know if god is speaking to me about my past present or future within a dream this one's good good one so yeah. often with the past you will see yourself in places that relate to your past your grandmother's house mm-hmm. the house you grew up in Somewhere you used to visit as a kid. Now, the ones that speak to your future, you will see the opposite. Unfamiliar people, unfamiliar places, and you're in unfamiliar positions. And then in the present, you will see people that surround your present, places that surround your present. Uh, Sometimes I'm in a house that's my house, but it's a little different, but it's still like similar. Uh, So you look for those kind of cues. Mm, Okay. All right. Then we're going to do one more. Okay. Should I be concerned if I keep seeing a deceased relative within my dreams? Yes. It could be the enemy trying to dupe you with a familiar spirit. Hmm. The the word familiar or familiar, uh, if you look at the the, the roots of it, it goes into two things. One, the, the spirit is familiar either with you or your relatives or someone. Secondly, familiar family often is attached to a family. So there are many people, especially if someone dies, they love to see auntie or whoever appearing their dream, you know, but maybe once, because the Lord's maybe giving you, you know, this thing where he wants you to have some closure. But if the person shows up six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times or regularly, I'm rebuking them and they need to go. Yeah. Because awesome. if you didn't tell me why you were alive, I don't want to hear it now. If, right. <laughs> if they never show up and say, I hid the bag of money in this part of the house. It's always, you know, trying to draw you into some dialogue about nonsense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't like people just showing up in my dreams multiple times. I don't trust. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. So, um, OK, DeMonte, man, thank you so much. Um, I'd love for you to pray, pray for people, uh, pray for all of us um, as we kind of close this thing out. Um, I do know that there's people that they have a genuine ache in their heart to want to dream more, to become more aware of their dreams. It's a really popular topic. And I think it's a really relevant one for right now, for today. There's a lot of people having dreams that they just don't, they can't make sense of. So yeah. Can anyway. I show the book cover real quick? Boom. Boom. That's it. Thank you. Supernatural dimension of dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Right off Amazon. There we go. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, Father, we thank you for Jeff. We thank you for the team. We thank you for this program. Just 
bringing so much enlightenment, encouragement, and biblical understanding. Let it continue to explode, expand, and bless so many mm -hmm. lives in Jesus' name. And we pray for the viewers, Lord, that you would just clear up any misconceptions and that you would give them the divine know-how by the Spirit to overcome these common obstacles that prevent them, Lord, from hearing from you, receiving from you in the night hours, God. Lord, let their night hours be blessed. And I want to speak these words over the audience. The Lord says in his word, he gives his beloved sweet sleep. So may the sweet sleep of the Lord minister to your life, increase in your life. And may the Lord insert his wisdom, his carriage, his boldness in his heart for you through dreams in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank so everybody, please go pick this up. Um, fantastic link is in the description um and uh also please follow demonte links in the description all of his socials you're not gonna regret it all right so demonte thank you so much man we appreciate you thank you so much yeah yeah so everybody have a blessed day tune in tomorrow we've got rayma trainer back in the house we're gonna be talking about home churches that's something she's really been pioneering fantastic time uh, i know you guys love rayma so be a great time. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.